Hello and welcome back to round six of RM Fantasy S Experts. I am Chase. I'm Christian. And if you haven't yet, make sure to get subscribed to the Rocky Mountain YouTube channel because each and every week on Fridays we release these shows. We give you stats on riders, on tracks to help you make your fantasy picks, maximize your points. We got big points last week, so we're doing we something. We did. You nailed the top three. Congratulations. <laughs> I even know that viewers were stoked for you. Hey, miracles still happen. They That's do. All but round five is in the book, so let's get right into it. Here's our race recap. All right, Christian, round five has come and gone. Some of my favorite racing so far this year. Yeah, it was Exciting good. night. I like that track. Lots to talk about. But here's your results. Eli Tomac goes beast mode, gets another win. Cooper Webb, passed for second last turn, gives you the top three. Hey, correct. Help me out. Ken Rocks in third. Adam Cienciarulo fourth. Jason Anderson fifth. Justin Brayton for the wild card. Dude. We'll talk about it. I think like over uh, almost 40% of people had Freeze in the wild card. A lot of people. It was freeze. looking that way. If you look at the lap chart, Freeze was in 13th for what, laps 12 to he 15? He was chilling in 13th for like, a while. Right towards the end just, of the race, too. Just dangling it in front of us. <laughs> and then, but no, good on good on him, I guess. But uh, so. let's talk about your favorite moments from the race. What do you got? Well, you got to talk about this man, Blake Baggett, just going full Tom Petty, where he won't back down to Tomac at all. Yeah. Battling him in that heat, that was awesome to see. Now, Blake um, did have a rough night. Yeah. But if you stick around a little bit later, we actually have Michael Byrne calling in, who is the team man manager for the Rocky Mountain team. And he's going to give some really cool insight on what happened yeah, because... We'll have to get his take. From Blake's qualifying and that heat race, you expected him to be up there. So there's some really cool insight that's going to come up. So stick around for that. And also... Yeah. If you can't watch this on YouTube, you can listen to a podcast forum on all the major platforms. Mm -hmm. You talked about Baggett, and we've got to talk about Tomac just going beast mode, passing Roxon, blowing off the track, making a little mistake, and then getting back past him again. I don't know about you, but for me, I think that's a huge confidence boost to Tomac after Phoenix where he couldn't get Roxon, does it twice in one main I mean, event. I didn't think he was going to catch him again yeah. right at first, but he proved us wrong real quick. Then you got to talk about Barsha having engine problems. Yeah. The frantic engine he swap. He was stressing. Yeah, and they it changed that thing crazy. in like 15 minutes or less. But here's the real question, though. One of the highlights, obviously, was was uh, Webb passing rocks in that last corner. Yeah. So who's got more momentum right now, Tomac or Cooper Webb? I don't know. Tomac obviously won. Question. He's feeling good about it. But do you think Cooper Webb is now thinking, I've just shown you that mm -hmm. late in the race I can chase you down. I'm now the guy. Or I do you would... think Ken Roxon's like, I won't let that happen again? I would say Tomac has the most momentum of anyone right now. Okay. I mean, that was a track they were saying he wouldn't win, and he comes out and wins it. And how close is he to the overall points? I mean, has he three, ever been this three, close? No. He's like three this points late in down the season? right now. So, all right. Everyone's got to be pretty scared of Tomac right now. I'd agree. So let's talk about points, though. You, my friend, finally had a good weekend. 80 yeah. points. That is good. I yeah. had 51. What about picks and user stats? Um. 46% still had Tomac to win. 66% uh, had AC in their top five. So wow. they're keeping the faith. They haven't within. lost the faith, yeah. No. Uh, we had 16 perfect scores, too. So back-to-back -back weeks with perfect scores. 70% had at least one pick right. So the points were looking good last week. And like we said earlier, 34% had Freezy in the wild card. Yeah, only 2.6%. Only no. And it was Brayton. weird for Brayton. He had to have issues you just and don't feel like Brayton's a 13th place guy but it's not a normal race for him i heard he you know had some issues there and yeah well into some riders so there it is that's your race recap now we got san diego coming up which is i think one of you know just about everybody's favorite race because it's a military appreciation night yeah so let's get right into it this is track trends all right so with track trends this year first we got to dive back for last year's san diego which 
It was a mutter. Yeah, how can we forget what how happened? How can you forget it? What was it, Christian? It was Limegate. There was issues with the burns and the bikes. My absolute favorite memory of that race is when I can't remember the guy's name. You got to give the shout out to our boy. <laughs> there was a privateer who, literally seconds before the <laughs> gate dropped, rips his goggles off in a mud race Just, and still goes barreling down the start straight. I mean, I need some of that we motivation need to get in my that life. that guy on the phone and ask what. The heck Has anyone seen him since? <laughs> like, Is he blind? Dude, that was the craziest thing. <laughs> oh, gosh. But your results were Tomac, Moosekin, Rocks, and Bogle Reed. So, pretty big mix up there. Uh, Rocks, and two years ago with Webb, this is where he got his arm stuck in that yeah. swing arm. So, a little bit of history there. Nope. But anyway, this year, no rain in the forecast last time I checked, which is exciting because mud races, let's be honest, just aren't that exciting. I, I don't mind them, but. Yeah, but this race, here's what I'm excited about with the track. You got lots of triples, but there's two whoop sections with a 180 turn in between them. And then ends in a sand section. Wild. But we'll see how these break down because, as we've seen, the whoops are not Webb's strong point. Mm -mm. So is it going to be the Achilles heel or is it not going to be really coming to play? Because last week the whoops were almost bumps by the yeah. end of the night. So, But anyway, that was San Diego last year. This year, it's looking like it's going to be a good race. It is Military Appreciation Night, so you are going to see some really cool limited edition kits that come out every yeah, year. Love that. Pretty pumped for those. But we got to talk about it. Rocks and still your points at it, but only by three. It's close. So let's get right into it. Here it is. This is Top Contenders. So we got the Top Contenders listed out by the overall points. Right now. So, yep, we got Roxon, Tomac, Barsha, Anderson, Webb. Barsha's still in third, which is crazy to me. Yeah, it seems like he's been Webb's slipping, still in fifth. but he's still there. He's still within range. Yeah, so. sixth place saved him last weekend. Yeah. So let's start with Ken Roxon. Out of seven main event gate drops this year, his average start is 2.14, which is unbelievable. Really. I mean, the closest guy to him is Anderson at 5.14. His starts are, yeah. So he's got the starts dialed. Okay. Um, he still has the best average finish per gate drop at 2.14 as well. So... Wow. He's killing it. Has won four out of the seven main event gate drops, triple crown rounds included, or triple crown mains. Okay. He's The only rounds he hasn't finished first or second at are the ones he's qualified worse than fourth at. So watch that with him. Okay. And he's gotten a whole shot in the last two standard rounds and had one at the at Glendale in one of the triple crown mains. He's led laps in the last four rounds. I mean, he's wow. going to be up front at some point in the race. Okay. Took third in San Diego in 2019 and ended his season there in 2018 after, like we talked about yep. with Webb. So. All right. Now, Eli Tomac, the beast mode. So he's won the last two standard rounds. Mm -hmm. He's qualified second at every round. That's weird. Right behind Adam <laughs> Sanserulo. That's so weird. But well, I don't think he cares much about that. No. He's led laps in the last three rounds, and he's won in San Diego last year. DNF there in 2018 after colliding with Roxon off the start. Mm -hmm. And in standard rounds, he has the ninth best average start. So his starts got way better last weekend. Yeah. He was good on the heat race and the main, which I was pumped to see. But can you count on that going into San Diego? I don't know. But what we've seen so far, though, if you look at all the races, Tomac's the only guy who even this year has proven he can start way back yeah. in the pack like A2. He's a threat no matter where the he front. is. Okay. I mean, over the last four main event gate drops, triple crams included, his start's been 5.25. So not so. as bad. All right. He's, he's improving. Now, Justin Barsha. Justin Barsha. His last three overall finishes are 6, 5, and 9. Still in third in points. Has only gotten a start better than 10th one time over the last five main event what gate drops. What is going drops, on? Though. He did look better last weekend, but what WTF, Barsha? Come I mean, on, I man. think Figure he, was, this out. he was kind of boiling over with the engine deal. He looked pretty upset. Well, he know, he's on. third in points right now, but you have to know if you're Barsha, 
if you don't start getting podiums and more yeah. wins, like you're not we gonna be. We want up there. You're not. Well, you're not gonna be in the championship hunt mm-hmm. if this is the trend you got going That's on. That's right. He's only made the top five this year when qualifying eighth or better, and has the exact same average start as Tomac per gate drop. So. Jeez. And uh, he DNF'd last year, took eighth in 2018 at San Diego, and he's tied with Anderson for the third best average finish in standard rounds. So really, him and Anderson have been. Really equal everywhere you look this year. So. Interesting. But Anderson, if you look at his results, he's been much more consistent. He's, yeah, he's the only rider who hasn't range. been out of the top five yet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's got the same average start and finish as Barsha. Um, what's crazy is he hasn't led a lap this year, which yeah. you think he's the best rider to not lead a lap. Well, and I mean, it's between him and Webb. Webb has not say, led a lap this year? Webb hasn't led a lap. Holy. And I would say Anderson has done better. Yeah. I mean, over the top first five rounds. And so. what's crazy is Anderson has only taken third and fifth this year. So he's taken. <laughs> There's our advice. Put him there. Yeah, he's taken three spots. fifths and two thirds. And his qualifying, you know, he's qualified fifth this year. Both times he's done that, he finished fifth in the main. So he's finishing right around where he's qualifying. Yeah. But in 2018, San Diego, that man was on a different level. That was when him and Rocks were battling back him and, and forth. Sealy. Or him and Sealy. Yeah. That's and right. If you go watch that, that was like a sight to see. How fast and clean he looked there. So right on. Could be his round. I don't know. Could. All right. Now, Cooper Webb. Cooper Webb. His last three overall finishes, two, four, and three. His last three main event starts, though, going back to the Triple Crown, four, two, two. He's getting better. Yeah. He's kind of turning into the Webb that we saw last year where you can always count on him to be up in that top five every Yeah, year. I okay? agree. He's been in the top five every round this year except St. Louis. The double whoops section is what we have to kind of watch with him. See how right. he looks. Look at qualifying. his qualifying. He was way, he was much higher up on the board in qualifying last weekend, yeah. and that translated into a good main. So mm-hmm. watch his qualifying there. Well, he's taking the podium in both rounds that he's qualified sixth or better at. So that's his, that's his tipping. But point. you got to go back to that stat that I cracked last week, and this goes back to last year. Webb has not. He's won one race dating back to all of last year. He's only won one time where he started outside the top three. Yeah. So you're you get this guy's got to get that top three start. Mm-hmm. Well, he chased Roxon down and passed him. But he was up there off the start. Yeah, but was. he didn't win though. I'm yeah, saying he's only sure. one. Yeah. I don't care if he gets second. I'm so he might about be a wins. scarier first place pick, is what you're saying. Yeah, I just don't know yet. But there you have it. Those are your top contenders. But now, let's talk about him because we got some weekly spoilers. Some have cracked the top five already. Some haven't, and it's only a matter of time. So mm-hmm. here it is: weekly spoilers. All right, so for this week, weekly spoilers, we've only got three up here because I think by now we've seen a good enough trend that you know who's, you know, right around that top five. I think some riders we're still going to see do it, but right now here's the safer bets. Adam Ciancerullo. Mm-hmm. What's crazy, though, is he's only had two top five overalls this year. Despite A1 being the fastest Oakland. qualifier ever. He's round. qualified, yeah, that's crazy to me. But he's got the second best average start of 5.14 gate drop this year. So mm. after last weekend... I think he's a safe pick to put in your top five. People Safer. should stop. Everyone put Anderson in your top five. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, yeah. He, and he's one of the five riders to lead laps in the stand around this year. So he's led laps. That's huge. Day one, yeah. I mean, there's other riders big that have Now, I'll, I'll just say this real quick because you're going to talk about Osborne. Blake Baggett. I have no stats to back this up other than this man was on rails last this weekend. This is a gut pick. He's got the speed. If this man just gets a start in the main event, he will finish in the top five. He's just had a string of bad luck. It's got to even out at some point because okay, he's that, fast he, enough to do Baggett's it. It's like my gut pick, but I don't really have a lot to back it up because the stats will not confirm that. What about Osborne? 
Uh, Muscoda Osborne, he's had a rough couple rounds. He even almost seems risky after last weekend. Yeah. Like, what was I going mean, on? Even with a great start, he's fading back. I don't know In what's going on. In the heat race there. and the main event, yeah. just backwards. I mean, his overall results the last two rounds, 11 and 18th. He's been getting solid starts, though. Yeah. In standard rounds, his starts are 5, 3, 1, and 13. Not a bad I don't know what 13 is all about, but yeah. Has made the top five this year, even after qualifying as far back as 17th. So you can never really write him off. But yeah, he's can, can he not make a mistake or not fade? Or That's take out another rider in the main event. <laughs> Who's that? He, this man has had some, was it Phoenix? He was on the crash twice in the start. Yeah, he's been he's all over the place. He's just had some bad luck. Yeah. But those are some weekly spoilers. Again, some riders that might may crack the top five this weekend. That, these are just our safer picks. Yeah, that haven't been as consistent. But if you want to take a risk, throw them in there. But now, wild card is going to be tough this week because it's eighth place. It's close to the and top five. That's why this group's so small. Yeah, so let's get right into it. This is wild card watch. All right, so with wild card being eighth place this week, here's your riders we got up on the table. We got Malcolm Stewart, Justin Brayton, Blake Baggett, who I just mentioned is a gut pick for the wild mm-hmm. or for a spoiler. Justin Brayton and Dean Wilson, who had a really good ride last yeah, week. So knock on these guys. It's just the wild card's close. Well, think week, about so. it. Malcolm Stewart, Blake Baggett, Justin Hill, Dean Wilson have all won either a Supercross Lights title or an outdoor championship. That's what I'm saying. How stacked this field is. These guys are freaking good riders. And Brayton's won a main event. Mm-hmm. But here's some stats. Malcolm Stewart. He's looking good this week. His average overall position this year is exactly eighth. Mm-hmm. And here's his last, here's uh, not in order this year, but here's what he's taken six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> yeah, he's so taken everywhere from six to tenth. <laughs> yeah, he's just right there. But his average finish per gate drop is 8.14, and he's been finishing one spot behind where he qualifies in standard rounds. Look where this man qualifies. Use that as leverage to make your yep. wildcard pick. He's okay? looking good there. Um, we got to move to Justin Brayton. Has finished overall between 6th and 8th in four of the five rounds this year. So he's going to be around there. Right there. In standard rounds, he's finishing 1.5 spots better than where he qualifies. So opposite of Mookie. Mm-hmm. Okay. And his average overall finish per round is 8.4. Took 8th in back-to-back rounds the first two rounds of the year. So he's been there before. So who's your gut pick right now between these two, Brayton or Stewart? Gosh, I don't know. I'm... I'm more going Brayton. I don't know. Really? It's these two and Wilson for me. I for think sure. Stewart, I, I bet his average start's been better than Brayton. Oh, guaranteed. Brayton's start's been slipping. All right. Blake Baggett. Blake Baggett's average finish in standards round this year is ninth. Granted, he's had some really bad luck. Just pure bad luck. Okay. But uh, he's only finished better than ninth one time this year, which was fourth at A1. That blew my mind. So. When just. When you see it. Yeah. But it eighth, feel like it. eighth for him even feels like a bad spot. He just needs things to go his way. Mm-hmm. But his last four overall finishes are 9, 14, 10, 9. So he's finishing right around there. Mm-hmm. But his starts have just been inconsistent. His last his starts this year are 13, 12, 10, 8. Yeah, they're all over the place. But anyway, but but he is finishing on average two spots better than where he qualifies in standard rounds. Yeah. Okay. I like him. Uh Justin Hill. He called his shot, told someone on our Instagram not to pick him for the wild card. Then he goes out, busts the Whist- eighth wins place. Wins a heat race. <laughs> yeah, wins a heat race, good. busts the eighth place like it was nothing. So he finished eighth last week after qualifying seventh. On average, he finishes a little over three spots behind where he qualifies at standard rounds. He's kind of like a Cienzarulo. Yeah. Good qualifier, but hasn't translated yeah. to it. He's got to be qualifying way up there, mm-hmm. you know, to give him a chance, I think. Has qualified and started in the top 10 at every standard round this year. Starts have been good. Starts have been real good. And and he's just hot. Everybody just needs to get out of his way. He's just hot right now. So I'm just putting that out there. 
Are you a Justin Hill fanboy? Dude, I, I was so pumped to see him you up You just there. like that cool. fanny pack he's got. I you just love his off-track style is as good as his on-track style. <laughs> All right, Dean Wilson, his last two finishes is standing around 7 and 10. His average finish this year is 8.5. So that man is, like I said, what did he get last week? Seventh, right? Yeah, he's getting better. Had a really good ride. He started in eighth in the last three standard rounds. So his starts. He's going to be in there at some yep. point. And he ran in eighth place for 11 of the 21 laps last week. So have your look, have an eye on Dino this week for eighth yeah. place. Might not be a bad I pick. I like him. Who's your gut pick right now? Well, I think I really might go Wilson. Think so? So. All right. Well, there you have it. That is the wild card. Watch. Take these stats. Watch qualifying because that really does matter with these guys. Mm -hmm. Don't pick Freeze. He's not an eighth place guy, even though he's the people's champ. But you never know. Let's get him on the phone next because, like we mentioned earlier, he is the team manager for the Rocky Mountain 8BMC KTM WPS. And he's got a lot of some cool insight that we're going to get. So let's get him on the phone. This is Between Two Berms with Michael Byrne. All right, so here he is on the phone, Michael Byrne, the team manager for the Rocky Mountain HTMC WPS KTM team. Mm -hmm. Michael, what's going on? What's happening, boys? Oh, just talking fantasy, talking racing this weekend. So, <laughs> nice. you're over in Florida right now. Now, Michael, we got some questions for you that I think you're going to be able to have some good insight as a team manager. The first question we have is, so far this year with Blake and Justin, we don't feel like we've seen the results that I know you and the team and all the fans were kind of expecting. We saw Blake have a great ride at Anaheim 1, but when a rider like Justin or Blake has a bad race, say like Baggett this last weekend where he's challenging for the heat race win and then finishes just around top 10, what's the process after the race? Like what's the conversation that you guys have and how do you help a rider like Blake, who I'm sure is already hard on himself, kind of keep that confidence and have a better result the following weekend? Um, well, it just obviously depends on how the, the whole day went, really. I mean, if, like, with with last weekend, you know, qualifying was much, much more improved for Blake last weekend than what it's been. Obviously, the heat race, he had a shot at winning and was battling, and um, the main event was literally came down to, um, you know, just an error on the start. And, uh, you know, there's always holes out in front of the gate that, are usually pretty nasty come the main event, so qualifying is important. And he felt like he had a good gate, and you know he literally, you know, had a good jump off the start, and and instead of wheeling over that little hole and getting it driving, he literally got a little wheel spin on the plastic, and the front dropped into that hole, and literally within that tenth of a second, it was over. You know, as far as a good start goes. So, you know, he went around the first corner in eighteenth. Made some good moves the first couple laps, but you know, still, still buried. You know, so yeah. Um, you know, coming through the pack, he still had the second fastest lap of the main event, um, even in traffic. So speeds there was just, you know, by the time you get up to the front group of guys, they're gone. Literally, you're literally twenty seconds behind the leaders. So mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and at that point, then the track starts to break down a lot. Um, so if you're battling with people trying to make moves and you're trying to get by a couple of guys, the track doesn't really allow a lot of that at the, you know, after you're halfway into the main event, cause the track just goes away and, you know, it only really works to make moves like quick moves as, as if you're in that front pack, kind of like pushing the pace, like the heat race was, you know, so right. 
Um, I mean, not last weekend. There wasn't there wasn't really anything to say. Um, like you said, you know, as after being a rider myself, and you know, you can you can read your guys and, and see the look on their face and just see how how upset they are with what just happened and stuff. So they don't need me jumping on their back telling them, "Hey, you screwed up your start." And that's yeah. something that he pretty much already knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, you take all that information and be like, "Look, we executed all these things well tonight. We made one mistake, so let's try and let's try and adjust that for next week and 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 try again." You know. Yeah, I, I think lot, it's still a lot of races left. Yeah. yeah, I think I just think it's amazing how you know that you know Blake's tire hitting that hole at the Starkey. That's something as an, as a spectator you'll never see, and it just, it blew my mind just like the smallest little thing that can make you be a podium guy one night to like Blake 18th around the first star. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, it's a, it's pretty amazing how small uh, of a mistake can just mean there goes a race for you. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, kind of changing pace. Like on a race day. When you when you get to the the town it's going to be in, on average, how how many changes and how different is the bike from when you get there to say that main event, and what are the steps of of actually having a change and make it to the bike after like a practice or a qualifying? What what steps do those changes have to go through, or is it kind of loose? Um, it's I don't know you. You mean you you always have a base setting per se, so something that you've worked on all off season, and but then you also have a bunch of stuff that you've tested all all year, you know, all off season also, and wrote down notes and you know have information on, so that you know when you get to the track, I mean, the test track and the tracks you test on every time is the same surface over and over and over. So yeah, you know, you have a dot in for that, but then when you come to a race event, you know, every weekend's got different dirt. The track is freshly built, so. It obviously breaks down more than any test track does. So um, the biggest thing is just in the off season is just to try and get all the information you can on different parts and whether it was good or bad at the test track, at least you know what it does. And then, um, you know, kind of, I always say, you know, the bike's never perfect. Like you're always looking for just the right, you know, you got a, you got a box full of band-aids. All right, which <laughs> band-aid is going to make the bike work? work this weekend you know because that's yeah. all you're ever looking for is how what are we going to adjust to make it you know just and then it could only be a couple of clicks on the shock or forks you know it's it, mm-hmm. right. it can be a lot or it can be literally yeah one click here one click there it's um it just depends what you get given and how the tracks breaks down over the day and um and especially what you get at nighttime once the moisture starts coming up and how much they've worked it and how it's going to break down if the track's <laughs> getting bumpy um, you know, then you're going to want to you know, you make some changes so that, um, you know, the guy can go 20 minutes wide open because, yeah. you know, sometimes when you get there, the bike might be a little stiff, but that's probably great for qualifying because you're only looking for that one lap heater. Yeah. So, you know, the guys can send, send it for one lap and could they ride it for 20 minutes? No, but it's built for speed at that point, you know? Um, and then as you, uh, as you get through the day and, talk to the guys and see how it's breaking down and um, then you try and make the right adjustment for the main event. Do you guys take notes from the previous year? Like, so for example, going into Saturday, do you look at your settings you had for San Diego last year and say, okay, we really like that setting or do you kind of hit the reset button every year preseason and you kind of start over from there? Uh, No, we have notes. 
we have notes as far back as I can, you know, that I've worked here. So, um, obviously settings change and stuff like that, but, sure. um, each year as the setting changes, then you go back and forth or like at Anaheim, Anaheim one this year, like we had, uh, made the bike a little firmer this year and, um, Cause that's where Blake felt like he was losing losing time with the other guys, and then come the main event, he come after the heat race, he wasn't really feeling it. He said the track was getting super rough, and it was kind of, kind of beating him up a little bit. So then, you know, we we went to something that we'd tried in the off season, um, which was a fork fork and shock change. Um, nothing really, nothing major, just a. Uh, but it's something that you had to take, you know, you had to take the suspension off to do it, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we made that change and, you know, luckily it was the right move and, you know, he had a great, he had a great result. Yeah. Well, I, I remember that. Well, last question we got for you is we saw Justin Bogle, you know, just have, just like you already said with Blake, just have terrible luck. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's going to rip a really good start. And then what thing it was Osborne, or I can't remember what rider, but mm-hmm. of all people <laughs> takes him out. You know, Justin gets knocked out. What the, the injury protocol that we have now? Like, I think they do an excellent job of making sure that safety is first, that riders don't mm-hmm. ride when they shouldn't be. What has it changed a lot since your heyday when you were back riding? I mean, you're back racing two strokes. So, yeah, how, there, how there much is it safety? Protocol when I raced. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what we were kind of curious about. Is like, if you were Justin Bogle and you're back in your day, would you? Is it really just rider discretion what the team thinks, or did you have kind of the same medical deal? Um, no, it's, it's a way different, way more advanced now. Like obviously for Justin, like, um, especially happening at the race, uh, you know, you go into concussion protocol and, you know, now the step is to, you have to see a neurologist, you know, and get cleared by a neurologist first. And then, uh, once you do that and they determine that you're okay, then, uh, then you can take your baseline test again. Hmm. Um, and then once you've passed your baseline test, uh, then uh, then I will literally team. You know, obviously the mechanic, whatever, would have to watch him ride and and report back. Yes, he was fine. Hmm. And then obviously when you go to that first race that you do, then the medic crew and guys watch you in the in the in practice and make sure you're not squirrely. And uh, then you'll get clearance. You know, um, yeah, I mean. We didn't even talk about concussions back in my day. It was, you just, yeah, nothing broken. All right, good. Yeah, my, my head hurts a little bit, but I'll be all right. <laughs> just dust yourself yeah. off. I don't know, it just wasn't even, it wasn't even talked about. It wasn't even consideration. I mean, obviously, if you're knocked out on the track, yeah, that was, that was different, but I don't, but I, even then, there was no protocol to go through. It was just like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, rest up, you know, right. you have a concussion. Oh, that's pretty there, was no, there was no level of how bad it was or, hey, you need to go through all these steps and and stuff like that, which is obviously good, you know. Yeah. They're, yeah. You know, they're definitely improving everything, which is better for the guys in the long run. Yep, I agree. I like it. All right, well, Michael, hey, I appreciate you calling in. We know you got a busy weekend. Um, with San Diego, just real quick, what's the goal for Blake this weekend? And we, is it is it always – podium or is it always hey we're going for the win what what's kind of the, the mentality right now for blake going into this weekend uh literally the only thing mentality that we're worried about right now is just starts you know gotcha get 
everything else will happen after that. I mean, yeah. you got the speed to win, you got the speed to get on the podium. So just give yourself a chance and get track position. Well, I don't to have a shot at it. <laughs> no, well, like it. Uh, yeah, like you said, just got to get rid of some of that bad luck and. We'll see. I like I, we've been talking about it. Like Blake's gonna win. Yeah. It's just got to everything's got to f- put you know fall to the right. It's got to fall in place out. and it'll it'll work out yeah. for him. Yeah, literally just the first hundred two hundred feet needs to fall into place and mm-hmm. we'll be in it. We'll be in it to at least have a shot at it. Right on. All right, Michael. Hey, we appreciate you calling in and uh, you know good luck to you and the team this weekend. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, boys. All right. We'll see it. See ya. That's cool. That's like info. the whole Blake thing, like hitting that little hole right yeah, at the starting no gate. No, because you watch it. I watched that start multiple times in slow mo, mm-hmm. and all I can think was like, how did he blow that? Like yeah. he got a real, he got a good jump, and then so kind of hearing it from Michael, like, oh, <laughs> like that's it. But how many times does that happen to other riders? Well, and we, we don't no think idea. about it, and all we think is, why is he doing so yeah, bad? Like, what's exactly. your problem? And now we kind of know why. There so you know. that's why we talk to the team manager absolutely. about it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know what time it is, though. It's time to lock him in. Let's do it. All right, I'm riding my hot streak into San Diego, going with Tomac for the win. He can win no matter where he starts. Okay. Ken Roxon always gets a start, so I'm putting him second. Blake Baggett, I think, is going to totally redeem That's your himself. Shake up. And San Diego usually has some shakeups, so I'm putting okay. him up there. Anderson fourth. He hasn't taken it yet this year, but all his averages are there, so I'm keeping him fourth. Uh, Cooper Webb, I think, might struggle in those whoops. We'll see how they look, how they break down. I'm putting him fifth. And Dino as my wild card. All right, so I like your picks. I'm going to keep first and second the same, but here's where I think it gets shaken up a little bit. I think Baggett's a top five guy, but for whatever reason, I'm taking Webb out. I don't know why. Anderson's just been so solid. I'm going to put him in third, and I'm going to go Adam Cianciarulo for fourth, like he got last week. Baggett, I like my top five. Dino is out for my wild card, and I am going Malcolm Stewart. That's right now. That's what I have. I'm going to watch qualifying to see how it goes. It looks good. It looks like you were just about to burst to change those up. So I, I think uh, you look pretty strong about these picks. Like, you're hold, like you were holding it in. So <laughs> There they are. They are locked in. And, yeah, I'm holding it down. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> what do you guys think? Where are the picks going to land? We want to know. Argue with us. Do you think we're right? Do you think we're wrong? Are we crazy? We want to hear it. We want to talk to you guys. And shout out again just to everyone that always comments, yeah. the viewers. We love it. We love to interact. So Keep it coming. But now, we need to talk about why it pays to play Arm Fantasy SX. So here it is. This is our weekly prizes. All right, so now let's talk about why you want to be playing Arm Fantasy SX. First, shout out to John B., the winner of that signed number play from a couple weeks back. He was pumped. He is pumped. So here we go. First place, Shoei VFX Evo Helmet. Second place, two sets of Bridgestone Battlecross Tires. We got a $400 charity spending spree. More prizes from Pivotworks, Pro Honda, Fox with their shutter roller bag, 100% goggles, Fly Casual, Mobius, Braces, and Bell MX-9 with MIPS. That's right. That's just the weeklies plus 90 90 Rocky Rocky Mountain gift cards. Yep. But for the day ones, going for that overall, first place at the end of the year was going to win a KTM 450 SXF Factory Edition. Second place, KTM 250 SX. Third place, Monster Energy Trip Giveaway. Fourth place, Dunlop Tires for a year. Fifth, Alpine Stars Gear and Casual Spending Spree. Then Tusk Impact Wheels, Honda Generator, Fly Racing Gear Package, Milestone Video Game, Supercross 3, 4K TV and console. Yep. Be nice. Uh, Motion Pro Tool Package and Oakley Goggles and Sunglasses. So There you go. A lot up for grabs still. 
I think for the first time ever, more people want second place than first. That's all I keep hearing the buzz about. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, there you have it. That's why you want to play being playing Arm Fantasy SX. Now, keep in mind. One more. What's that? We got another special for the S oh, experts out okay. there. This one's pretty nice. What do we got? You can get Tusk Recon Hybrid Tires. Only $49.99, limit two. Use the offer code Tusk Recon on the website this weekend. Nice. So. All right. Well, there you have it. That's why you want to play Arm Fantasy SX. Now, remember, even if you're just signing up this week, weekly prizes are week-to-week -week basis, so you don't have to be playing the entire year, so you always have a chance to win an amazing prize, so get signed up. And remember, go to armfantasysx.com, create your free account, make your picks, pick the wall card, and have a blast watching the races. Join mm -hmm. our group, Arm Fantasy S Experts. Yep. Create your own, join other people's groups. Just makes it even that more exciting. I am Chase. I'm Christian. We'll see you next week.